0: What's up guys here with you with episode six of FC wonder kid podcast here with my guy, Bradson. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well after last night, Oof, man. Oh man.
0: (laughs) You were the one who picked Chelsea, right?
1: I did. I, I picked Chelsea. I almost, uh, I almost waffled. I didn't put any money down on it. So, uh, I didn't, I didn't profit off of this win, but I got to say from the get go, and then I'll, I'll stop my American bias. Uh, after this, it it was a historic day for, for all American footballers um, and American, you know, footballing fans, because Christian Pulisic at 22 becomes the first American to play in a Champions League final and then win uh, a Champions League final. And uh, if only he didn't pull that
0: shot to the left. I know I saw it. I was thinking Bretton must be, must be dying at this moment. Like, Uh. Like if, Pulisic has scored that goal. But well, I won't judge Pulisic. I'll judge Werner. Like, yeah. Chelsea should be winning 3 0 first yeah. half. But let's. For, I, I'd like to mention one name first, and that mm-hmm. name is Kai Havertz. Yep. Because Kai Havertz is going to be remembered now with a DDR Drogba type goal. Okay, yep. because all the young Chelsea fans are going to remember Kai Havertz, the most expensive. Chelsea signing ever, scoring yep. one of the most important goals in Chelsea. Uh, it's fitting. It's it fitting. is.
1: It is. And and actually, just to piggyback on that, Didier Drogba, Frank Lampard, Kai Havertz. Those are the only three Chelsea goal scorers in a Champions League final. Um, no matter what he does in a Chelsea shirt from here on out, uh, he will forever be remembered fondly solely for that moment. Um, that is some- impressive. I mean, something tells me though, Kai Havertz is going to go on to have a very good career because you got to think about what the poor guy actually went through this past year. I mean, he had COVID, and not just that, he had those lingering effects, the the respiratory stuff and all that mm, that you don't you don't want. You know, most of us as younger people, uh, you can shake it off. Not that I'm a doctor here in any way, shape, or form, but. Kai Havertz was not necessarily able to shake it off. It took him a while. And and then add to that the, the weight on his shoulders of becoming the most expensive player. Um, and on top of that, you've got a transition to a new league, a league that is very different than the Bundesliga.
0: And um, a new culture. A new culture. The new, oh, yeah. Language. Center backs. The, yeah, you're, you're saying the English league is different. The center backs are much stronger, much ruthless. And the time you have to think bef- when you get the ball it's so limited in the English league. You need to think fast if you don't, you're not, you can't be there. And yeah, but it was really good too to see uh Mason Mount winning, oh. winning the title. I wanted to see Foden, but seeing Mason Mount uh, lifting up the title, it's rem- rem- uh, reminiscent for some Chelsea fans of Lampard and. We can we can start comparing both i I guess it's
1: I mean I mean some reminiscent some of it <laughs> i it, it is reminiscent of it and I'll tell you what this none this this opportunity would have never afforded itself to Chelsea if they didn't get that transfer ban right True. if they, if they didn't screw it up I mean I don't I don't see them dipping into Cobham and uh you know giving I think, think they were given between Lampard and Tuchel this year, they gave nine, nine players, uh, their, their first shot, uh, all Academy players. And you've got a guy like Mason Mount, who I believe it was five years ago, almost to the day that he Mm -hmm. lifted, uh, he came off the bench and, and helped them win the UEFA youth league five years ago. And, uh, and there he is yesterday lifting the champions league trophy. (laughs) Um, and that wouldn't have happened if you didn't have the turmoil you had over the last two years.
0: But you gotta, you gotta admire how cold-blooded Roman Abramovich is. Oh yeah. He replaces the manager mid-season, and Thomas Tuchel leaves PSG, and wins the Champions League. Yeah. Like the pressure that Roman Abramovich puts on managers is yeah. unbelievable. Like Conte, the minute he starts losing, out. Lampard, yeah. the minute he starts dipping a bit, out. He doesn't give a chance to the managers. No, he, no, but I get a feeling he really loves Chelsea, though. I know he's involved with the Super League and everything, mm-hmm. but I don't know. He changed the club. You've even saw Aspillita having a moment with him in the end of the at the end right. of the game, celebrating, and he said, "Look, this man, you Chelsea fans, you owe a lot to him. Like he's mm-hmm. the well, it's understandable." Yeah, well, the the, the funny. But.
1: Yeah, And I don't, I don't know if this is true. Um, mm. we, I should probably verify it b- before saying it, but it, it sounds right in that uh, when Abrahamovich was out on the pitch after the win, it was actually the first time Thomas Tuchel and Abrahamovich had met each other face to face.
0: No, that's um, crazy. And,
1: and I don't know. I don't know whether someone verify that. Let us know if it's true in the comments. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I'm guilty of clickbait and I apologize. Um, but, but I'll tell you what, the other person you you have to throw in here. Um, I am so happy of the game Reese James put in. Um, I mean, seven tackles one, and I'm pretty sure when he emptied out his pockets at the end of the night, he had Raheem Sterling, uh, (laughs) right in there. Um, so it, it was just a great game and another Cobham product. I mean, hell Mason Mount and, and, uh, uh, Mason Mount started in the Academy when he was six years old. I believe Reese James was right around the same time too. So these mm-hmm. guys are blue. I mean, they are literally blue. Um, and True. to see True. them do something like that, I mean, that is the narrative that you, you almost want. Um, and, and it's, yeah, obviously it's a tough loss for Manchester city considering how amazing of a season to see De Bruyne go out early Um <sighs> with a broken freaking, excuse my language, Let's but a broken orbital, a broken skull. I mean, that guy's a warrior and it, it was not his uh, most fluid year, but man, he is still one of the, <laughs> he is a great, you know? Uh, and well, he will get yeah. his chance again. I have a feeling.
0: Well, I've got, I want to say something about this game and it is right now, Kante is my number mm-hmm. one pick for Ballon d'Or. Wow. Because Kante was the man of the match in the first leg like, in the semifinal second mm-hmm. game he was the man of the match too and in the yep. final he was no doubt the kryptonite to guardiola yeah i think guardiola can't figure out what he can do with against kante kante is undoubtedly one of the best players we've seen this decade he yeah. is game-changing and he deserves a new contract at chelsea sign it he deserves anything what he wants he is yeah. the star I'm with
1: you there. And and think about this. The last time, uh, last time Chelsea won the Champions League, I believe it was 2012, um, mm-hmm. N- N'Golo Conte was still playing in the third third division of France. Uh, made his way up to Liga 2. Then made his way up, uh, and obviously to, to Leicester at some point. And right. now he's won a Premier League championship. He's won an FA Cup. He's won a Europa League championship. He's won a World Cup um and let's add the champions league uh to that and who knows maybe he adds a euro uh later on this summer but yeah you did say you didn't want to see him cry or you know
0: (laughs) I did say that I did say that but I think after this match too like Chelsea need to be thinking should we replace Werner would Mm. you replace Timo Werner Uh, I'd give him another year
1: at least I I mean he's young he's he's I, you can see he puts himself in places. I, I certainly have nothing – he can't hit the broad side of a barn right now with a shot, but um, he certainly puts himself in places. He's mobile. He, I mean, there's a, so many positives that you can build off of. I, I think the, the bigger question you almost have to ask is, mm-hmm. is this the most value you're ever going to get from an N'Golo Conte? Uh, this is ruthless, but do you think about offloading him or no. do you keep building
0: around him? Impossible. Impossible. I'm just saying, Leicester City mm. did it. He's, he's the, no, Chelsea won't do it. He's the type of player. Chelsea wants to compare themselves with Barcelona and Real Madrid, or at least I get that feeling. And even Hazard leaving Chelsea, it was a big thing. They didn't like it. Mm -hmm. It happened, but Chelsea didn't like it. That shows that Chelsea are trying to compare themselves with, with the top of the top. But it's, it's more too. I was here talking about Werner, but I should be talking about like, on the other side, Guardiola must be thinking, I need a left back and a striker. Mm. Badly, badly, and Aguero's leaving to Barcelona, and I think this is the Harry Kane confirmed. I think mm-hmm. Harry Kane's going to Man City after this match. The that Bru- would be the Bruyne left. City had nothing. I don't know why mm-hmm. why he didn't put the CDM. I think it was because of what I said the the Conte kryptonite. I think he wanted to do something to to exploit Conte, but it didn't work, yeah. and. And but you the don't Bryan... think if
1: you have a Fernandinho in there? I mean, just for the sake of this is a one-off game. This is not some tactical masterpiece. This mm-hmm. is this is a one-off game. You gotta have your warriors in there. And I mean, Fernandinho is going to do everything he most possibly can to win that or even a Rodri. But like, I just don't understand the the lack of a DM. I really don't. Uh, that I, uh, one confounded yeah. me. I have no clue why. Um, and, and it was glaring, obviously, when you when you had the two center backs. It was like the parting of the sea, right? The two center backs with that Kai Havertz goal.
0: I, I was confused. Well, it was I mean, tell me what happened,
1: happened there. I, I don't know what happened.
0: I agree. Well, it was a heck of a day. Like, it was a really good game. In my opinion, I liked it. I liked the game. Uh, but, yeah. So, with this game, Chelsea validate themselves as the number one club in London, in my opinion. Two champions I'm, I'm, leagues. Yeah. Arsenal fans, you're out of the oh you're out of European competitions. It's yeah. so sad how down Arsenal is right now. And let's go to the next topic with this, because sure. the man who left Arsenal, Una Emri, mm-hmm. is beating Arsenal in the semifinals. Yeah. And then is beating Man United, which finished second in the Premier League. Yeah. Unai Emery, was he the guy? Gendozi said Una Emri was the best coach he ever had. Yeah, you can go yeah. see. Like this is this is mad. It is, and and the funny thing is, is um uh let, let's see, what do the
1: two guys have in common? Thomas Tuchel and Unai Emery, both winning the European Championships this year, the major European Championships, club championships, I should say. Uh, what do they have in common? They both were sacked by PSG. <laughs> um, that has nothing to do with you know really anything, but it is kind of a funny. Uh, thing to think about when you have this managerial carousel that seems to always happen, and it happens at places like PSG, it happens at places like Arsenal, um, and hell, I mean, Mauricio Pocatino might be out at PSG too. <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, you gotta give somebody time, give somebody time to build a culture, right? Mm. A culture doesn't happen day one. Um, so I'm w- I'm with you there. I don't. Do I know if Unai Emery was the guy at Arsenal? I don't. Um, but it let's just say um you know he, he just brought a first trophy to a, a town of 50,000 uh, and a you know the yellow submarine that has been kind of one of the more interesting teams in La liga over the years. but you uh, talk
0: about like building a culture and keeping your manager but mm-hmm. would you keep Ollie? I wouldn't keep Ollie yeah. at man United I'm gonna say it I wouldn't keep Ollie at man United. If war, if I were Man United, I'd straight up get Antonio Conte. Mm.
1: I mean, if he's ab-
0: if he's available, Man United need to get Conte. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and I think he'd win. I think he'd win at Man United.
1: I, I see. I don't know enough. Um, I don't know enough about kind of his uh, person-to-person managerial style, but obviously mm-hmm. from a tactical, oh. tactical standpoint, I mean, he's still young. He, the backs.
0: yeah. I mean, play so well and maybe he'd he'd bring Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Lukaku would go to Man United. That that Lukaku and oh. Conte. I but Cavani's there. I yeah. get you. I, yeah. I mean but old gunner so
1: I mean his his managerial uh C V is, is what? Mold, right? Molda in uh in Norway where he actually did, I believe, cross paths with uh with Erling Holland for a little while. Uh but aside from that I mean, it, <laughs> You just got, you're the baby faced assassin. I mean, I just know him for his goals um, and a hell of a player, but I, I don't know. I, do I think he's the guy? Well, one one thing's for sure. And we're gotten, getting a little bit of off on a tangent here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing is for sure. If you're Manchester United, you're not going to find another Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Fergie, Fergie, it, it's just not going to happen. To think that that, that period of time is going to replicate itself and you're going to walk into the promised land and, you know, have all of the things you had with Fergie. Um, it, it's just not going to happen again. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different. And hell, it might be more volatile than it was uh, with with Fergie. Uh, but he was given the time, clearly, uh, until he earned the respect. He faked it until he made it, right? Um, and build that culture. And, and I mean, it's a, on,
0: we're, we're being built from the age. ground up, too. It's a different day and age, though. Players are very empowered. And a coach back then they could they had much more power in the dressing room i feel and now it's social media players expose a lot and it's let's i don't know it's different times i feel like the change didn't, uh, it had an impact on Mourinho. it had yeah. an impact on Wenger a bit yeah but i wanted you. to highlight two players in villareal and i think they're the the two catalysts to the mm-hmm. europa league win and that is gerard moreno uh, Santi Cazorla said he was world class, and that is that is facts. Yeah. Gerard Moreno is a really good striker. I th- he th- he has seven goals in twelve games in Europa League. That that is good. Yeah. In which I th- uh, I th- I feel he scored two goals against the- in the semifinals. Yeah. Or was it in he... the no. Uh,
1: you you might be right about that. I I know he's been per- nothing no, he but scored correct. in the final
0: though. Like and Dani Pare- Parejo. Danny Parejo, he's a really, he leaves Valencia and goes on for free to Villarreal, and Santi Cazorla leaves. Danny Parejo replaces Santi Cazorla with all that pressure on a free mm-hmm. and does a fantastic job. And Cochlin mm-hmm. stopped Bruno Fernandes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was marking Bruno Fernandes on his life. Like yeah. Bruno Fernandes couldn't do anything. And Cochlan mm-hmm. is another player that was, he was cheap. Yeah, he was cheap.
1: Unfortunately, Kokolan like, may have just given the uh, blueprint for stopping Bruno Fernandez in the Euros uh, to France and Germany. So, I I, I hope they're wrong for your happen. sake. It Alex. won't happen.
0: It won't happen. <laughs> it won't happen.
1: Well, I, I gotta. I'll I'll uh I'll jump on top of that there because there were young some young guys that were in the mix and uh, Jeremy Pino at 18 years old actually been scoring from some pretty good goals for them this year. I think six or seven goals in his first year um first professional year with them and uh he's you know he became the youngest UEFA Europa League champion ever um at 18 years old and uh seeing him lift the trophy trophy must have been pretty awesome because you know that's an academy that uh is is up and coming it's an academy that actually you know between him um Nino and I'm sorry Pino and there's another guy fair Nino and I think they both have very similar last names. But both of them have gotten a whole lot of time this year. And Alex Baena, uh, who's done very, very well. But uh, there's one other that I'll just jump on there because he didn't get to play a part against Manchester United, but he was vital for them against Arsenal. Uh, to not see a Samuel Chuqueze in that mm. final was just devastating for me because you know there was this possibility that he might be healthy. But he just he he was stretchered off in the second leg against Arsenal, and this is a this is a kid that didn't have the best of his years, um, but ended up really kind of peaking uh, at the end of the year during championship season, right when you needed it most. And uh, he got them to that final, helped get them to that final. It just sucked, uh, for him. lack of a better term, to not not be able to see him in that. But the smiles afterwards—that's what you're here for. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know? it was a good it was a good Europa League final. Like the whole anxiety with the penalties, nobody yeah. missing. Like I mean, I'm not going to judge the Gea for missing the penalty, but I'm going to yeah. judge the Gea for not saving one.
1: Yeah. I'm, so,
0: I'm there. Yeah. Uh he should I'm not going to say he should shoot better, but he should save one of the penalties. So yeah. yeah. Well, I got one
1: more thing to say. I got one more thing to say because I was thinking of Gerard Moreno. As a possible hurricane replacement at Tottenham, mm-hmm. and then I started thinking a little more at Tottenham about Tottenham, and and I thought of the guy that y- if you see you know you probably saw on pick um, on Twitter the uh, the photo circulating around with Juan Foyt that mm-hmm. I think he played fullback for them and also some center back this year with him bloodied up and he had his all you know his nose all stuffed up and blood Argentina. coming out of the nose Argentina. yeah Argentina. it was it was pretty awesome well he put in a ridiculous, ridiculous kind of warrior-like performance. Probably could have had a red card at some point (laughs) um, on Luke Shaw, I think it was. But ultimately, I mean, you see that picture, and then you remember, this is a guy that was cast off by Mourinho at Tottenham, basically deemed surplus to requirements, not good enough, not going to do it for you. And he winds up putting in that type of performance against Manchester United. And I believe, you ready for this? Juan Foyt became the 89th, the 89th Tottenham Hotspur, or ex-Tottenham Hotspur to time. leave and win a title or win a <laughs> championship. 89.
0: Oh, that is so cruel. That that oh that is that is bad. That is bad. Oh it saddens me. 89th. Yeah. Well, I, and I did notice something too about the game. Like mm-hmm. United can't play with Scott McTominay and Fred. They need to get a six and play with Scott McTominay if they want to play with Scott. Because I get the feeling United fans want to keep Scott and maybe getting Declan Rice and Scott McTominay. Yeah. Six. They need a six. They have yeah. two eights playing that position, and they that midfield they were and the trio, the center back trio. I'll be all in the in the in the middle. Paul mm-hmm. Torres and Juan Foyth. That mm-hmm. was a really good trio we saw We saw in the Europa League final. It was a, it was a really good game too. Like, oh, we got really good finals. We need a that, – that was really good. We saw good football. So, you did. You did. next topic. <laughs> Under-21, team of the season.
1: Oh, my goodness. I can't believe we're going to do it after talking about the Champions League and Europa League. <laughs> I mean, my, my blood is boiling. Uh, with all this good, good football, but yeah, let's do this. Do you want, um, how do you, have, how do you was, want to do it?
0: Yeah. do You want to do like defense first and then you yeah. say your defense, then I say okay. my midfield and you say your midfield. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So it's a four. Is this a four, three, three, your tactic?
1: Ooh, yes. Um, okay. No, kind of like a four, five, one. Yeah. Four, three, three, whatever you want to think of it. Okay. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's go with it. So yeah. you want to start? Sure.
1: I think, I think we both
0: have the same goalkeeper.
1: Mm. you have you have ilan Meslier.
0: yeah i do okay. <laughs> the best under 21 goalkeeper i uh, agree with you there and
1: and this is this is a fun exercise but we want to we want to hear your um your teams in the comment section so I please guess. you know whether this is tiktok youtube um TikTok. get them down there
0: i'll put this on tiktok tiktok community is amazing i'm loving it All right. It. So,
1: so our goalkeeper we are aligned we've got ilan Meslier for his uh his his wonderful season with Leeds United.
0: Okay. Now you,
1: you want to go left back okay. first? I'm
0: going to say so Meslier, then at left back I put Nuno Minch. Okay. Uh the one of the center backs Wesley Fofana. Okay. Uh the other Svel Botman. Okay. And right right back Reese James. So Ellen okay. Meslier, Nuno Minch, Botman, uh Reese James and Fofana. So Meslier, Nunmench, Fofana, Boatman, and Reese James. I feel and, like uh, that's the under twenty one defenders of the season.
1: Yeah, I I think um you and I are one hundred percent right now. What I, you agree? Yes. You put you put all these. I did, I did. <laughs> I mean, you know, as as an American, I wanted to put Sergino Dest um for actually okay. having an impact at Barcelona. Uh, he's a oh. he's an intriguing prospect for sure, but. Uh, you no know, chance. you look at you look at the body of work for Reese James. Uh, coming, he went out of the squad, back in the squad, uh, and then winning the Champions League final and putting in that. I mean, I could not. You have to put Reese James in my opinion.
0: You know, yeah, you you do you do. It's a hundred percent. You need to put Reese James. Uh, what only other
1: center back you didn't put in there, and I know you have a lot of love for him. Is
0: delayed. It's team of the season. If it was yeah. the best. Under twenty-one center back, I put him because I feel like the is a generational talent. He's yeah. he's my top three under twenty-one players. So yeah. he would be there. But team of the season, Wesley for Finance, Fed Bodman worse. You got soft. that.
1: So you you thought about the assignment. Team of the season is very different than who, yeah, top talents. So <laughs> um the only other guy I would want to throw a shout out to center back wise is Maxence uh Lacroix at okay. Wolfsburg for that that season he put in next to uh Next to Brooks. I mean, John Anthony Brooks is the big lumbering six foot four center back and, and Max LaCroix was like the mobile, still kind of big, still kind of physical um breakout player, star player. of the Bundesliga.
0: Yeah. Good player. So what's your I'll say my midfield. You want me to okay. go with the midfield? Yep. Okay. So my three midfielders, midfielders, team of the one uh t- team of the season under twenty one are Trumani mm. of Monaco one of the most underrated talents in my opinion in the world right now mm-hmm. such a good talent at monaco uh jude bellingham because i feel like it's so impressive how he went to dortmund and he managed to have an impact at only 17 i feel like that's that speaks levels of how talented jude bellingham is yeah. and my other midfielder is pedri because pedri is so unique right now he's 18 and he's in my midfield at under the under 21 so i've got a 17 year old and an 18 year old in my team of the season of under 21s yeah Uh, and and, they're two they're they're so good jude bellingham and pedri oh first touch quality and they're so mature too very mature players they They don't they don't their age guardiola even commented like that kid 17 you couldn't believe that jude bellingham was so young
1: yeah. And, so, and here's the
0: crazy thing: we might be able to see both of them on the pitch,
1: uh, you know, in the coming days in the Euros. You got a seven really? that shows you how mature these guys. These guys, Southgate thinks uh, Bellingham is. Um,
0: well, is it? Uh, is he selected final? Final? Yeah, eh,
1: not final. Uh, I believe it's announced June first, so
0: Tuesday. I don't one. feel. I don't think he is going to be picked. Breton. You're. you I
1: think I actually said that last. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Like my mind. My mind has been back and forth on on Jude going, but. You're right. I Mm -hmm. and here it goes again. But my midfield, here we go.
0: You ready? Let's go. Your midfield,
1: Shuomani. You're right. Mm -hmm. Uh, him next to Fafana in the um in the AS Monaco midfield is what made their season easily. I mean, just bar none, uh, best two in that in that midfield, and uh, they've just been phenomenal all season. But Shuomani, especially, that was a breakout. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have next to them not Jude. I have Ryan Gravenberg. Um, okay. and, and that was simply, this, this was a tough one for me. And it was more so thinking who would be best next to Shua Maney. Um, and to be honest, Jude would be too, but I just saw him struggling early in the year and then having a great end of the year and leading them to a near to title. Um, I thought that just really held weight, right? Um, just a phenomenal end of the season for him, and I think he is going to play and star uh, at the Euro uh, at the Euros coming up. So, uh, and then in front of them, I got Pedri. So, you and I, pretty much, what we're only missing one so far out of eight. We're doing so let's pretty go well with
0: the with the attacking trio to finalize this one. We need to go. We, we need to go off. We were we we spend loads of time with the with the Champions League and Europa League. Yeah, All <laughs> so right. with the trio. Let's go. I'm going to... My, my under-21 trio is Foden, Haaland, and Sancho. Uh, because I don't feel there's any discussion with these three being the, the best under-21 forwards in the world. Yeah. Uh, left, left winger Foden, deadly. Haaland scoring goals nonstop, And Sancho crossing them balls and dead dribbling. I'm snubbing Dusan Vlahovic, though. Mm-hmm. He's a really good mm-hmm. talent. I wanted to mention him. Yep. And Isaac was really good, too so those are that's those are the two Who's no there? I think
1: you're right you you basically said uh there there's really no way to argue um any other way in here uh but just look at who we're leaving out right you're leaving out Kai Havertz. we're leaving out uh Jao Felix we're leaving out Mason Greenwood Ferran Torres Florian Wirtz uh Deon, Rodrigo I mean they they didn't have phenomenal seasons but like This, this is that, that is a tough decision, but those three are miles ahead. They just are. Um, I, I gotta agree with you. And yeah, Foden on the left. Uh, and frankly, that's where he should have been. I don't think he lined up on the, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he lined up on the left.
0: Well, uh, Foden was left winger at the start, but then he, then he was midfielder. Then he played a lot of time as a midfielder
1: yeah yeah so you know it was a weird one
0: what? it was a tactics it was so weird guardiola like really you said like i'm gonna i'm gonna do something special today and it was he overthought
1: it that's not when you do something special you play to your strengths come on
0: i agree, I agree. I, I,
1: what do i know I, he gets paid the big bucks
0: well He's... that competition is subtle but we got another competition we need to talk about and sure. that is starting tomorrow i think the mm-hmm. under 21 euros yep and yeah. big games there portugal italy yep with my boy Portugal's gonna win it just saying uh oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh Netherlands against France like Netherlands France yeah to be two big big teams blockbuster yep. teams like who's in the French team the, the French team they got Meslier, Upamecano, Konaté, yep. Usmenaor, Kamavinga, Camavinga, hudson yep. Eduard mm-hmm. uh Oh, I can't, I can't, La, I can't La, let me see my Laquois, notes. C- Crette, Crette. Yeah. Maxine Maxin Kakret, Musa yeah. Diabi Lever yeah. Leverkusen player. Really good. Yeah. Ooh. The the
1: the uh Celtic score uh Odson Edward will be up mm-hmm. top likely. I think this will hit. he feel I feel like he's been under twenty three for like fifteen years. But um uh yeah, you know, he, he's obviously been their perennial um striker up front, but yeah, just so he, much he'll yeah. leave
0: Celtic. He'll leave it's, Celtic.
1: He should. He should. Uh, I mean, kind of the, following the same road as uh, Musa Dembele, um, but it's just whether or not where he goes. You know, uh, he was he prim. was PSG, right? He was PSG to uh, there as
0: well. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm not entirely sure though, but I think uh, that Eduardo. Would head, I think he's heading to the to the prem? I think Leicester is. Uh, I can see a lot of news with Leicester linking up with him. Yeah! 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 And it would be a smart business and they got somewhere already. but let's, let's talk that afterwards under 21 euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are the big they, stars for you? Uh, well, at- yeah.
1: I mean, here's the thing, right? That France, that, that's a tricky, tricky setup. France, Dutch, mm. uh, France, Netherlands, uh, Netherlands, unfortunately, a lot of their, a lot of their stars that helped them get there are going to be with a senior team. Right. Um, but you do have like a Calvin Stengs, um, and you have, uh, Myron Boadu, Boadu probably said his name terribly. Sorry. Uh, like but that. like, I mean, these are guys, Boadu could easily be with the Dutch senior squad right now. Uh, thanks too. Thanks too. Yeah. And, and Boadu, especially cause I'm looking at it and saying you take Luke, Luke de Jong uh-huh. over Myron Boadu. I don't understand that, but it's a tricky matchup because France you can only put 11 players on the field <laughs> um, and when you have that glut of talent it it be, it almost becomes tough right True. i mean you just you you need to have a team first you you can have a collection of talent but if you don't have the team it's a little bit tough and so you saw right.
0: that you saw that i put svet botman in my under 21 team of the season and svet mm-hmm. botman is going to play in the yep. in this european championship so the amount of quality that is in this competition, people need to pay attention to it. I and do. Portugal, Oof. That, that trio in midfield, Florentino yeah. Luiz, Jetson, and Vitinha, with Daniel Braganza, Daniel Braganza coming from the bench. Yep. Oh, you got Rafael Leão, Thiago Tomás, Gonçalo Ramos. That, those strikers mean goals. Yeah. They almost have but, a France problem. You can only uh, put 11 on the field. True, but France, France, France. I, I'm, like, I want Portugal to win, but I, mm-hmm. I need to admit it. France are absolutely stacked. There yeah, is no Konate and Upamecano did moves to Bayern Munich and Liverpool, and they're playing in this competition.
1: Yeah, it's unreal, It's unreal with that. But, but uh, I, I gotta say, it, it, we're forgetting here that Spain did win it the last. Uh, yeah, Spain mm-hmm. won it the last time. That was only two years ago. Um, but you were you were saying we have to watch this, right? You twenty one euros. Well, well, here's the reason why. When Spain won two years ago, it was Dani Olmo, it was uh Fabian Ruiz, it was uh, oh man, who was the other one? Uh, Mikel. I'm going to get his last name wrong. Ayarza Ball, a Real Sociedad guy who also seems to hit in. Uh, they're mostly penalties. Penalty. It's teams, a good but, player. You know, He's ten plus player. ten plus a year in La Liga, but. They were the ones leading Spain to the tournament win. So they're going to be the ones leading the Spanish in Euro 2020s, uh, yeah. Euro 2020, I should say. So, you know, I'm not going to count Spain out because you got a, a Yavi uh, Yavi Puado. You've got, yeah. um, who are the other big ones uh, from them? Help me out here.
0: Well, they got Branjil. I really mm-hmm. like Branjil. Uh, I had here uh, that is my one to watch. I, I have five players here I want to, I want to shout out to okay. to followers on TikTok and YouTube so they can they can have special attention to them and uh Antonio Blanco is going with the with the Spanish team Antonio Blanco from Real Madrid he is going to be a player that people will know he, he it's interesting he's the Busquets type player that you would expect to be at La Masia but no he's he's with Real Madrid academy and he is really good really good Antonio Blanco you, you you saw him play right in the uh, in the youth league, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Really good. Then I got Chico Conceição, mm-hmm. who I think he was the youngest ever goal scorer uh, with uh, with his last goal in the in, in uh, for Portugal, uh, coming off the bench. Really good player, fast pace, uh, really good cut inside. Uh, I, another one to watch, and Daniel Bragança too. Because this sporting kid, he's got a special touch. Mm -hmm. Really good touch. Expect to see him next season a lot for sporting. And uh, Karim Adeyami. I don't want to jinx his name. Karim Adeyami. People will uh, soon know him because he'll leave RB Salzburg very soon. I don't see him staying too long. And he's one of the best Germany prospects out there. Next to Wirtz Musiala. Karim Adeyami. One of yeah. the best. Uh, and Lovro Majer, uh, Croatian talent, uh, underrated in my opinion. Dinam sure. Zagreb, midfielder, really mm-hmm. good player too. And yeah, these are my Yeah, spots.
1: well, I, I, I like all those. Um, <laughs> the, the Kareem Adeyemi one is, uh, I think he's going to have one full season with Red Bull Salzburg, kind of like with Pat Daka, kind of like with, uh, you know, Dominic uh before him, uh, but I, he will get his his day right to to lead the line for Salzburg. Um, see who they can upset, uh, and him and Brendan Aronson are actually going to create a pretty awesome duo um, there. Uh, and they're going to have to rebuild a little bit because we do feel like Daka is going to leave. But uh, Adayemi, I believe, had double digit goals for them this year and did most of it coming off uh, coming off the bench. Right, uh, he got more starts later in the season. Uh, scored some very important goals for them to help win the um, the the actual title uh, the league title for like the you know 50 billionth year in a row or at least it feels like that but that german future is 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 pretty i mean a lot has to align for that future to develop properly mm. but between florian verts who will also be at the u21 euros even though i think he should be at the euros itself that's a verts versus musiala kind of argument that you could have Mm. But Florian Verts, Karima dimi um Yusufa M- mukoko uh Jan Thielman, and then you have obviously Jamal uh, Musiala. these these kids they haven't even cracked the age of 20.
0: They I mean, shaft
1: that's that's that is just an exciting exciting future that that they that, and there will be somebody else but uh the Italian that's,
0: team too the Italian yeah. team too won't be won't be easy tonali, is tonali there? I'm I'm not sure, Gianluca Scamaca? I think John, that's his name. Yep, he's really, been good, been player. really mm-hmm. good player. Really good player. Coutrone is there too. I was when I saw his name, I said, oh, he's here. And Piamonte, he's there too. But yes. I I saw that a lot of players that not that were of Spezia, they had an interesting bunch. They didn't have a lot of AC Milan, Juventus academy players. Yes. It's a I don't know the scouting team of Portugal. They, they they had to do their their homework, but I still yeah. feel like Portugal. If Portugal beats Italy, who they'll get?
1: Who uh, Portugal beat Italy. They'll it'll be an Iberian showdown. It'll be Spain versus Spain, Croatia, and whoever wins, which we we expect Spain, but you never know. Um, with mm-hmm. with Moro Moro pulling the strings, um, and and Lo pulling the strings, it's it's a toss up. Uh, but I would expect to see Spain versus Portugal and mm. who, who mm-hmm. wins
0: the netherlands france like because yes. when we release this video i think i the results gonna be out yeah so who's gonna win it uh, <laughs> so our followers think <laughs> like the gurus like, yeah. uh, we got some comments say i'm not i'm not a football messiah guys i'm just a, a guy who likes football
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, i'm actually gonna go i'm gonna go with france uh i'm gonna go with the, the who i think the favorites are but i think another dark horse to watch is uh, you talked about Portugal not giving up, not conceding any goals in the group stage, right? Mm-hmm. Last time around, mm-hmm. uh, Denmark, Denmark didn't either. And guess who they beat? Beat along the way, France. They beat France. So, mm. you know, there's um, th- th- these are good teams. These are really solid uh, collections of of teams. And and I think there will be an upset. But when all's said and done, I'm not going to go against France. I think but- it's going to be France.
0: It's gonna be front yeah. It's 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 the most stacked team. But even like you mentioned, Bladu, and mm-hmm. Netherlands still have Brian Broby. Brian Broby is there too. Is he? Yeah, I didn't see he him is. on. The,
1: I probably just missed him. But that that would make sense. I mean, he's of the age and and certainly. Uh,
0: he's there too. Of town, so. And okay. Divine, you know, you know him better. Uh, the name. I, he's. Talk about more. Talk about him. I I, I don't know a lot about him. I saw a couple yeah. of IX games, but I saw that Gravenberch was a was a tank, but he's he's been he's underrated, no? He he is underrated.
1: I I think, you know, his first couple games for the IX first team were uh shaky. Mm-hmm. And then he put in and I I'm gonna botch it. I don't remember which competition, but he put in some just unbelievable. I think it was maybe a brace or had a goal and two assists. Just kind of one of those aha moments like, oh, this kid. Okay. Now I'm seeing what you're talking about. If you you don't follow, you know, the, the young division, right. You don't follow the, the young guys over in the ear division. You don't really get to see too much of them. Uh, but wrench has versatility, right? Right back. Mm -hmm. He can play in the midfield. He can play in the center. Uh, not sure if he can play on the left, but I would imagine he could, um, just a very, very solid talent. And he's going to get the showcase, uh, for sure uh and yeah day one you're you're taking on france so that's gonna be interesting but yeah he's a hell of a talent um and then the other one that we barely even talked about um is definitely for me uh, well we barely talked about Florian Verts and Riddle Baku okay baku okay. and verts were two of the breakout stars of the Bundesliga this year mm-hmm. so Denmark Germany, you know, Denmark might have the defense based on their beating of France in the in the group stages. But Germany, this Riddle Baku should be, in my opinion, on the German roster for the Euros. Um, and his versatility as well. He's fullback. He could be a fullback. He could be a wingback. He could be a winger. Um, but he, he played every role he could um, in a breakout year, had a bunch of goals, a bunch of assists, and is a tireless worker. And then he got Verts. Verts hmm. Musiala late in the year kind of overtook Verts in terms of the headlines mm-hmm. but he he's but like forced- he's Kai Havertz starting out again it's like but, they regen Kai Havertz very different stopped player.
0: scoring goals though i think verts stop scoring goals and musiala kept kept them you know and Bayern yeah. winning the title all the news is going go to go to musiala i get you though i yeah, feel like but, I mean, he's overlooked he's oh, Florian Verts uh, Florian Wirtz is a talent that is overlooked.
1: Yeah, but, but you experience. you also got to remember it was Moussa Diaby and Leon Bailey that just kind of took over the goal scoring.
0: You know, so those two I are mean, very underrated. Like yeah. Leverkusen might have the most underrated talents out there. Tapso too, center yeah. back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's and really big good. transfer target. Big transfer target.
0: And Jeremy Fringpong left Celtic to to Leverkusen.
1: Yeah, hasn't gotten on just yet, but he did get a few, uh, uh, quite a few appearances later on in the year for them when uh, there were some injuries. Uh, I think he'll have a breakout season next year, too. We'll see. Yeah, he was great for Celtic, though. I remember him.
0: Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good young talent. So you guys requested it. I saw so many comments about it. Talk about transfers. Talk about transfers. So. Yeah. We're going to talk about a couple of news we've been seeing uh, lately this week. And I'm going to start with the most devastating one, in my opinion, because uh, Donnarumma, I feel like he should have stayed at AC Milan because I feel the excuse he had beforehand was AC Milan didn't play Champions League football. But the year that AC Milan qualify to the Champions League, Donnarumma leaves. Mm Mm-hmm. And Maldini is doing the discussions to renew your contract, and I don't feel there was too much respect towards Maldini, and the numbers that that were in the news they were ludicrous. I think it's Caiola getting twenty million commission, Mm -hmm. um, ten million a year for Donnarumma. I know big players demand big wages because they do bring a lot to the table. It is true, but Donnarumma is twenty-two. He's gonna time isn't an issue for him right now, and. If he goes to Juventus, what are your thoughts on this? Like, uh, I, I don't know, hear it to out. Hear be, it to out. be honest, I mean, that's
1: actually the only logical place for him to wind up now because mm. the others that are sniffing around him is you got Barcelona, you got Ter Stegen, Ter Stegen there, and I just mm. don't see any... I mean, you're going there to be a number two. I don't think so, and you're going to kick Ter Stegen out. That doesn't make any sense. True, uh, and true. then PSG, uh, who... Still have Kailer Navis, right? He's not retiring. There's True. no real reason for them to necessarily need that. But the bigger thing here is that if he's if he's going to Juve, right? Mm-hmm. He's going on a free, and that's like the largest slap in the face <laughs> that that you could give any AC Milan fan that has you know some shred of respect and dignity for you, right? Moving forward. Um, so he's in a, He's in a uh, what do they call it? You know, a rock? No, he's behind the eight ball. If you're if you're talking billiards, um, he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. And uh, frankly, I think he got crappy uh, advice this time around, and uh, it, he's he's not. There's no good decision here. Uh, no, He'll he get paid though.
0: You said no team needs a keeper. I see that Europa League final. I think Man United may need a keeper. Yeah, that's just. Don't a I know do about Man United? Will we? Will we? Will we? Will we make this rumor happen? <laughs> uh, I, I'm
1: okay. I'm okay with that. I, it makes a whole lot of sense. I'd rather see Dean. I just want to know. I mean, how mm. many millions of dollars per point saved or point one, right? For Donnarumma, uh, does it make sense if you could take, say, a flyer on a Dean Henderson um, and maybe reinvest elsewhere where you really know you need it?
0: Um, True true but it I I feel like what's happening too is is AC Milan not a big club like Juventus because we have Teo Hernandez maybe leaving mm. we've got Donnarumma leaving and I don't feel like this this attracts big players to, to AC Milan because the big players are leaving so yeah. you go there you improve and then you leave is this the image the image that we're gonna we're gonna have for for AC Milan uh, and the funny thing is, is, you're also
1: riding, what, like a 39-year-old um, <laughs> uh, and asking him to to do that year in, year out uh, for Zlatan. Uh, so it it is an interesting position that Milan is in.
0: He did make yeah, a oh, difference. Oh,
1: absolutely made a difference. But I'm just saying it's not necessarily a, um, a kind of a repeatable process there. Uh, you yeah. can't ask. If there's one person you can ask to do that to, it's Zlatan. Uh, mm-hmm. But the majority of most people will slow down. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to see who they can bring in in the off season with the Champions League money. Um,
0: but I did mention their Teo Hernandez. And personally, I feel like if PSG get Teo Hernandez and Akimi, yeah. they fix their fullback issue. Well, yeah. And Neymar, the, no more demands. You got the team. If they get Akimi and Teo Hernandez, yeah. people can't say, oh, Mitchell DeBaker is he's playing bad. Blah, 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 blah. You got Akimi now.
1: Yeah. Well, Number I mean it tells teams. you it tells you all you need to know about who they're targeting. Let's go find the the best U23 or I think Teo's 24 now, but let's go find the best young fullbacks, slot them in there because that tells you all you all we need to know about what our weaknesses were this year. I mean, the fullbacks were just not good
0: for them. I uh, agree. So I agree. But what did you think about the the Pochettino news? Going back to Tottenham.
1: It's it's a culture thing. You know, in mm. in the sense that if if they don't give you the the reins, uh, I I don't know if this has anything to do with those kind of scant rumors around Pocatino returning to White Hart, well, not White Hart Lane anymore, to Tottenham Stadium or whatever it's mm-hmm. called, Spurs Stadium. But um, I I just think it's one of those it's they expect to win and win now, and when win win now is your only kind of expectation and the champions league is what we're talking about here for the most mm-hmm. part um, you're, you're almost doomed for failure because I think in this day and age, it's virtually impossible. There's too many super clubs. It's virtually impossible to buy yourself, you know, five champions leagues in a row. Um, there has to be a, a a culture that's built around. So it needs to be the guys like, you know, there needs to be a blend of PSG Academy and the, the, the stars they bring in to complement them. Right, okay. and, and that's my thought process. I could be, it could be way off. But who's the, just...
0: who's, the who's the talent that you think should have stayed of the PSG academy? Because God. they got a lot of them, like Tanguy I... Nianzu that went now to Bayern Munich. He's really yeah.
1: good. Yeah, I mean, and and so many of Adil,
0: them. They... Adil that went to Bordeaux. Adil, yeah, Saint-Tien and I don't Tien know how to say his last name. Ashish, Ashish. No, and then you um, got the Setatien. Um, Yassine yeah, Adli went to Bordeaux, and. Yep. this other player went to Yeah, i uh, I, uh, I don't know but another psg academy player
1: yeah well you also have uh, Nkanku, unkanku who is a little older but he's been pulling the strings for True. for leipzig uh, had a phenomenal year this year obviously you might not fit into the tactic of whoever is the boss at the time but you know these are these are guys that if you foster them a little bit at least you can you can get paid more for them when you unload them um, True. It, it just doesn't really make too, too much sense that it's, it's just, they just let him go. Like Dan Axel Zagadu, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. He hasn't yet realized his potential.
0: oh at but, Dolan, he's so good.
1: but there's so many that have come from that Academy and there's so many behind them. They keep churning <sighs> them out, but yet there's gotta be some way you can bring them in there, build a culture around them. And I honestly think. Isn't that, that man. the
0: manager? That's the, isn't that the manager though?
1: Yeah, but it's, the manager has to be given the string, right, to to mm. do so. Given the the yarn, whatever the hell you want to call but it. That's but that's
0: Leonardo, Leonardo, right? He's he's the one who makes the signings, does the contract negotiations. It's true. You must you must have a ton of pressure now. I would but, think so. With Mbappe leaving,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I wanted to mention a to player too that we we don't speak a lot about him, and he is two in the under twenty one uh uh in the in the european competition and his isbrahim Diaz yeah uh, at AC Milan mm-hmm. he's really good like and uh, Real Madrid got him a, a loan deal with no obligation to buy mm-hmm. and he improved at AC Milan and his stock uh rised. Yeah. and they they, they, might, they might snatch 20 to 30 million with him what are your thoughts on him
1: I think, yeah, I'm actually excited. He was another one I meant to uh, mention about that that Spanish team uh, tomorrow. But he had a great season. I mean, he disappeared for stretches, but so did a lot of their young guys, which you kind of have to expect at some point. Like Rafael Leal got, you know, he got pretty uh, into things for a while and then kind of stepped away a little bit and then came back. Uh, Alexis uh, Selemachers, the Belgian, um, he also played a big role for them. they even bought late on from uh, from Bodo in um, in Norway uh, Jans Petter Hauga, and I probably killed that name, but mm-hmm. they're they're building stock, right they're, they're They're at least giving these guys chances. and obviously it was the auntie Rebiches. Uh It was um, the uh, who was the guy? Why can't I remember his name right now? the set piece taker.
0: Who who tell me
1: with it Oh with a Turkish last name. Uh, Oglu. Yes, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, these guys were the ones leading the way, but but each of these guys—Brahim Diaz. Um, uh, why am I blanking? Salamakers, uh, Kalulu. All Kalulu. Of these guys actually yep. play. Yep. Yeah, good roles. Because yeah. that's
0: another player too that he 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 needs to to make a decision this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, does he stay at United? I don't think he should stay at United. I feel like maybe he should leave to. Maybe go indefinite to, to Italy. I didn't think I don't think he was too bad at AC Milan. I there were games in which you could see he was a little bit shaking. But it, it cut out. Who did you say? Diogdalo. Diogdalo.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Diogolo. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he does. And I think Milan has the space for him, right? They have the um it's hmm. just whether or not has he been has he been healthy all year?
0: No, I don't think he has. Though he he had a he he had a moment in the season in which he was in really good form, and then he kind of he kind of settled. But Mm. well, I did see some news I wanted to mention too. The Marcus Edwards. I don't know if you remember this this Tottenham prospect. Dribbling. Yeah, he's really good dribbling. He's Mm. They 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 got a really good player. This is interesting to mention too that. Top Saba was a key and now Marcus Edwards, like they're doing really good scouting. They deserve yeah. recognition for that. And the news is Marcus Edwards to Sporting. Marcus Edwards bought Paulinho. Sporting, they're if Marcus Edwards goes there, they're making the right deals to revalidate the title. Sure. Like, what do you think of him? What do you remember of Marcus Edwards?
1: Well, uh, I mean that's that's a whole nother conversation about Spurs Academy and all the guys that we thought we all thought had a whole bunch of promise, and unfortunately they've gone elsewhere, not to necessary not necessarily realize it. Um, and you're left with like you know the Oliver Skips and Harry Winks of the world, and hopefully mm-hmm. the uh, the young guy that Dane Scarlett who just got his chance this year. But yeah, you, you have a bunch of guys like the Troy Parrott and Marcus Edwards that. they're just not really given a chance. Um, Mm. and, uh, Edwards, we knew always had the dribbling ability. Um, I I think it was with the youth national teams, right. That we got to see that firsthand. Uh, but you and I, I mean, if I was, if I did not know you, I don't know if I would have known that Marcus Edwards was kind of tearing up Nush, Right. Um, and he's constantly, I think for the last two seasons, right. He's been, uh, pretty high up on the dribbles one per game. Um, doesn't necessarily make an effective player, uh, but at the same time, uh, he's he's had an impact for his team. And um, I, I'm excited to, to see him taking that step up. Uh, and it's definitely a new track uh, that people can take, that some of these English young castoffs uh, can go to try and get playing time, uh, like an Angel Gomez, right? Absolutely.
0: I remember yeah. talking to you, and I feel like this should be a topic. Like, is the MLS a new destination for developing players? It like, is. Brenner went there. No, Brenner, like, is there right now. Uh, yeah. Talish Magnu went to New York City? Just debuted. Yep, debuted
1: yesterday in a win. Like,
0: what's happening? What's happening? Tell us. What's happening in the States?
1: <laughs> well, that that is a whole nother conversation for sure. But right now what you're getting is a combination of – the success that was taken with uh, Miguel Amarone at Atlanta United. Uh, so these billionaire owners of MLS teams are actually getting the chance to open up their pockets. Some, the reason yeah. why MLS, you know, you think of, uh, you think of a bunch of billionaires in the, in, in the U S right. You think of all the NFL teams, they all basically have a hand in these MLS teams. You're you've got, A actual construct that uh, that keeps the spending low for major league soccer. So the Mm -hmm. fact that they're opening them up for these youth players like a Brenner very much makes them a destination as a stepping stone, right? And if you can buy Brenner for $12, $13 million, FC Cincinnati, who was absolutely horrendous last year, but then you can turn around and two years later, you foster them, you give them phenomenal training facilities. Uh, constant playing time and pretty damn good coaching, you can sell them all for double that, right? And it makes a whole lot of sense. And that's the same with Taos Magno. Taos Magno was playing for Vasco in Serie B, right? In the Brazilian second division. So it kind of, it makes a lot of sense. Um, The Brazilian thing is new because previously it was Colombians. It was uh, some Argentinians like Santiago Sosa at Atlanta United, but it's going to continue and you're going to see more uh, stepping stones. You'll never necessarily see a Marcus Edwards heading over to uh, uh, MLS, but who knows? Maybe that'll change too. Oh, you saw Jack Harrison. You did. Well, Jack Harrison did go to Wake Forest. He went to college in the States. Um, And then he was taken first. And uh, man, that that is a story in and of itself too.
0: That's a good story. It is a great story. He's an awesome, awesome player. But what I think with the MLS is you you had Beckham. And didn't the league help? Uh to have Beckham salary wise. I, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I I'm not sure. How does that work? How does a league help a team in terms of salary?
1: Yeah, it's called a it's called the Beckham rule. So so think about the Arthur Blank, who co-founded Home Depot, owns Atlanta United. Okay. okay. And he could go out if he wanted to and spend two hundred if this was a truly open, non-financial fair play type of situation, he could go out and spend all he wants, right? Mm-hmm. Well, MLS basically said, we've never had a league that lasted more than say ten years, like the NASL back in the heyday of Pele and all that. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but you just you just like ruffled the feathers of somebody that loves it. So wasn't uh, basically Beckenbauer what I,
0: there?
1: Yeah Bell, when yeah, Bower
0: Beckenbauer.
1: Beckenbauer, uh, uh Giorgio um Georgie Best, okay. uh, all these guys. But here's what happened, right? When David Beckham came over, the, the minimum salary was like the, the salary cap was smaller than what they were going to pay David Beckham, essentially guaranteed money. So they had to create a rule and they called it the Beckham rule, but it's also known as a designated player. And it says right now on the rosters, you're allowed like four designated players and a couple youth designated players. And it basically says that if the salary cap is, say, $5 million, mm-hmm. you can pay any of these players that are designated as designated players as much as you want, but their salary cap hit will only be like $400,000. So you could pay a Brenner $3 million a year, $5 million a year, but it will only hit the cap 400000 The rest comes from the actual owner, right? Or that. So that's opened up the possibility. David Beckham started this process and it was a bunch of old stars, right? Wayne Rooney came to DC United. Um, Zlatan came Beedle. to LA Galaxy. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, Pierlo and Frankie Lampard for NYCFC.
0: Tien Hier Thierry uh, Hier. Ah, Yeah, yep. he
1: actually he actually had some really good games. I was covering the Red Bulls back then, but um this this literally led to it's they've all gotten younger over the years, and now with Atlanta United having success with Miguel Almarone and that sale off to uh Newcastle for like twenty-five million mm-hmm. dollars, it doubled the amount. So MLS is going to continue to be a selling, much like the is, but they create their players and then they sell them off. In MLS, you're going to have creating players like a Tyler Adams, right, and selling them off, or a, uh, Gio Reyna was NYCFC, uh, Brendan Aronson or Mark mm-hmm. McKenzie. And then you're also going to have these young superstars coming in, like Atalas Magno, Santiago Sosa, Miguel Almirón. Joseph Martinez, and then you have them selling. So MLS is going to become a big destination. Um,
0: The South Americans got hit financially with Corona really hard. So I feel like any option that was financially good, they they went for it. And even I saw some some really low deals with uh, Lucas Verissim that went to Benfica. He was really cheap and but yeah i would that was that's really interesting how the mls has the same uh, philosophy as the nba yeah well, Uh, do you but you agree with it though do you want it to stay it like that
1: uh as of well, right now i do i well, do because there be I, a
0: time that you say like let's go big let's get yeah. the big players to the mls
1: well uh, absolutely but uh, mls is still uh 96 1996 so it's still young um To talk about uh, what was it? I think Brentford who just made its way back into the Premier League uh, since 1947, for the first time since 1947. They've been a club for like 140 years, uh, 130 years. Uh, We are babies, right? We are babies with a global footprint, but we are also, uh, you have the NBA, you have the NFL that have these amazing global footprints. And you know, you take a little bit from them. But I think for right now, we're heading into MLS is going to be a selling league for the next five, 10 years. And then who knows what happens? Uh, they're never going to open up the purse strings and say, spend whatever you want. Because just like any other sport in, in uh, the United States, we'll spend. I mean, we will. they'll spend. And what we don't want is we want we don't want, um, essentially, the, the league going under, right? We want this league to be around 20 years, 30 years. And it's
0: not easy competing with the fact that you don't have the champions league. That is something that the MLS will always be competing against. They're going to play on the biggest stage in the world of football. And that is the champions. League. Yeah. And
1: then, and then you marry that to the fact that you have to go up against NFL, major league baseball, NBA, and um, you, you have an American public that is warming up mostly thanks to the U S women's national team being so damn successful, but warming up to the fact that they're building – there's soccer culture or football culture that's being built every day in the, in the United States, and it's going to continue. But 25 years ago, I, I learned about football. Mm-hmm. Uh, my little one, my little two-year-old, is not going to know a world without Major <laughs> League Soccer. She's not going to know a world without <laughs> Major League Soccer. So that's it's a amazing. big deal. It is.
0: No, that is so, amazing. That, that's, that's so cool. It's it's the impact that it's having. It's and these stars, yeah. Gio Reyna, mm-hmm. like he he may be the one that marks a new generation of of U.S. stars. Caden Clark, Gio Reyna, Kate Cowell, yep. uh, Brendan Brandon Aaronson.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh. and there's more. There's more behind him. Uh, Christian Pulisic uh, opened Pandora's box, uh, and uh, now everybody is uh, starting to make those moves. I mean, there's so many that have had their imprint made uh, in the lower levels of, say, the youth academies at FC Dallas. Uh, Gio Reyna was at um, NYCFC, where his dad was actually the technical director for a while. Claudio, who's a legend. Um, but there are more more beyond them. And we could we have two things that we should focus on in the future, two episodes. One episode where we talk about all the young South American talent, right? Okay. Not just MLS, but those that might actually be really good European transport transfer targets. And then the other one should be the next generation of, of American footballers. Um, because there's a lot love of talent. It. There's, I'd there's like, it. I believe there are like five Geo Reynas coming up the, uh, the ranks right now.
0: This is a state. big statement. Oh, this is a big statement. I'm going to sound like that. You're saying there are five Gio Reynas right now coming I mean, up.
1: Different positions, but absolutely. I think there are five um, that are going to follow the, well, they now think what Geo Reina is doing they now think that that is normal right so you've got 12 13 I 14 agree. year olds right now that have had have had better training from day one okay. right okay. good argument and you know and they're put in a setting that no longer is you know the american mentality is you i don't care if you're 6 years old or you're 15 years old the the aim is to win i don't care how you win just get it done right and
0: these american youngsters they're playing against big teams earlier i think yeah.
1: Yeah, and the academy's is getting better every year. The coaching's getting better. Everything's getting better, and we we hope it continues.
0: But why are we? There you, you, you just,
1: go. <laughs> I, I could talk forever about this.
0: Thank you guys um, for watching episode six. You guys are amazing. Uh, really appreciate the love. We we love you guys on TikTok, YouTube. Thank you for the support. Yeah, Please.
1: a lot of stuff coming, guys, and uh, and and Alex is going to do a whole episode on on why his uh, why his <laughs> accent is so mystifying (laughs) there you go We'll, we'll see you next time